And what's happening? It's the Armchair Sports Guys here with you on a Saturday morning. Um, as you can see, it's me for right now, G.J. Mitchell. Matt O'Brien will be joining me shortly. Sean Farhadian and Rich Mays will not be joining us today unless they decide to give a call in, which they can. Uh, certainly you can as well. As soon as I get a chance, we'll get that uh, link clicked in on the uh, Facebook feeds. So if you're on Facebook, you're watching, you want to call in and talk about a topic that we are discussing, uh, click that link through your phone. You'll be able to call right into the show. So um, as I uh, continue here, we got a, a pretty, pretty fired up, pretty interesting show here today. A, a plethora of topics to talk about. In fact, it's looking like around seven uh, topics today as we hit the uh, Saturday. So get ready. Uh, we're firing quick and early and often. Uh, unlike, uh, you know, most of you guys out there, hopefully. Uh, the NFL trading frenzy. Holy crap. Uh, people are moving and shaking in the NFL. We're going to break all that down and what that could mean for the New England Patriots. Uh, the Celtics, they actually make a trade. Unbelievable. Who knew? Who knew they could actually trade? Trader Dandy's back. Uh, so we'll do that. Also touch on the Celtics game last night against Milwaukee and then recap their game tonight against OKC. Uh, Bruins are back. They lost to the Island uh, again. Uh, this one in overtime. Uh, we'll discuss that. And also they have a game here. A matinee, one o'clock game here today, this afternoon. Uh, some sweet 16 stuff uh, as that is starting up this uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, as well as we get some hot mic issues and our uh, famous jackass of the week. So that is that. So let's, um, I'd say let's get going on to this, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and really kind of dig in the first topic, which is that uh, NFL frenzy. Uh, I just thought from that standpoint that like what we saw on, um, on Thursday, on Friday, I should say of teams trading up and moving around to, to uh to to get what they needed to do uh, was unbelievable i i could not i don't know i i was so shocked i was absolutely shocked that um that these teams were able to do what they did uh in um and there we go there's the link sorry that was what uh my delay was my apologies uh for that but anyway the um the NFL uh, frenzy trade. Sorry, doing a bunch of different shit right now, and yeah, this is called live kids. <laughs> um, so anyway, the NFL. So let's break this down. The uh, the trade itself. So here's what happened. Miami and San Fran do a deal. Miami trades the number three pick overall to San Francisco for the number twelve pick overall, the 2022 first round pick, a 2022 third round pick, and a 2023 first round pick. Shortly thereafter, Miami trades the number 12 pick overall that they just got from San Francisco, a fourth round pick, number 123, and a 2022 first round pick to Philly for the number six pick overall and the fifth round pick in this year's draft, number 156. All right. So what the hell does all of this mean? Well, basically, it's simple. San Francisco wanted to um, wanted to move up. They they really want a quarterback, and and this is where the Patriots comes in, right? They really want a quarterback, and they think that they've got a chance. If you know, if you're looking at the um, you know the the NFL uh, mock draft board, you know you've got you know uh, um, oh, what is his name again. Uh, sorry, Trevor Lawrence, you go in there. 
the Jets, they can take a quarterback, you know, probably. I mean, you got Trey Lance up in that area. You've got, you know, um, uh, Wilson as well. So there's, they, they can make a trade for a player. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a lot of things that can go on for what they, you know, for what they want to do. So my thought on this is you're going to end up having San Fran at three who's going to take. And again, this is according to. Uh, to Chris Sims, who's very connected with the with the Shanahan family uh, and a coach, you know, is coach and by all accounts is the final decision maker uh, when it comes to NFL uh, decision uh, comes to team decisions. John Lynch is the general manager, but Kyle Shanahan has sort of final say on this. But he says so the 49 is Dolphins, Kyle Shanahan. And again, I'm quoting this is uh, at C Sims QB on Twitter. So 49 is Dolphins. Kyle Shanahan trying to control his own fate. You trade up to three for a QB who is NFL ready right now, not a project. And to me, that says Mac Jones. So that's the big name. So that's where if the Patriots were staying at five, that Mac Jones would be the guy that possibly could be here uh, for um, for the Patriots if he fell to 15. And that would be a guy that you could see NFL ready comes in here, competes with Cam. Uh, if he's better than Cam, then he starts, you know, and Cam's contract is is what it is. Could get cut at camp. You're not losing a ton of money on the cap hit. Um, and if Mac Jones can uh, can win the starting job, then you got your starting quarterback, theoretically, hopefully, for your future. But if Sam Fran can swoop in and they get Mac Jones, then that leaves Jimmy G open for a trade or an outright release where then, you know, as fate should have it, He's probably going to end up back in Foxborough, uh, which I guess is ultimately if you're if you're a Jimmy G fan and you believe in Jimmy G, uh, like I do, um, then you're excited for that thought. Um, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo. I get it. He's always injured. You know, he's injured here, injured out in San Fran. You know, guys made of glass. You know, uh, you know, Glass Joe on Mike Tyson's punch out is probably tougher than him. I get all that. I do. Trust me. Believe me, I do. But when that kid's healthy, and I know I hate that that phrase and that when if, but when that kid's healthy, man, can he throw that ball? Man, can he spin it in there? And and the best thing about it is he knows the system. You know what I mean? He knows what, uh, you know what's going to be, you know what's going to be, you know required of him as uh, as an NFL football player. You know, and as a quarterback of the New England Patriots. And again, like I mentioned in a couple shows ago. You know, you're looking at a guy who can just hit the tight ends the way Brady was as a game manager before Brady became you're talking Tom about Brady. yourself again, George. Pretty How much. Listen, tight ends. listen, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the opportune moment to jump in. So that's why I didn't, you know, so I was waiting for you. I tried to make it, you know, I could have jumped in at any moment. But once you said like that person that just can hit the tight ends and I go, oh, George, that's you. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt O'Brien's joined our show, as you can tell. <laughs> What's going on, Sorry. sir? <clears throat> not much, not much. Apologize uh, for the tardiness. Ready to rock. Ready right. to go. Sharing the link to our in our I comment section. Did that already for you, bro. Fine. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll just uh, I'll just go home then. All right. All right. Well, I mean, get, <laughs> there <Thanks> you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Oh. Well, there you are. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Do I know you? No, no, but that's where you are. You're there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So 
Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Matt, I was starting talking about uh, and then sort of fumbled. If you watch the open again, it was kind of funny. I was trying to fumble around while I was trying to get the link up and whatnot. So uh, people wanted to call in. They could. Uh, so the first, you know, two to five minutes is kind of hilarious to watch me watch me fumble around. Uh, so we we're talking about the trade. So the Dolphins involved in both trades. They trade mm. the third overall pick to San Fran for 12, uh, the 12th overall pick, uh, a 2022 first round pick, a 2022 third round pick. And a 2023 first round pick. Miami then trades the 12th pick they got, the fourth, a fourth round pick, number 123, and a 2022 first round pick, their 2022 first round pick, to Philadelphia for number six overall and a fifth round pick, number 156. So, you know, Miami obviously looking to move up in the draft. And what I was saying is they're looking to move up into the draft and they're looking to get a quarterback. And I was just reading, according to Chris Sims, he says, Kyle Shanning trying to control his own fate. You trade up to three for a QB who's ready to uh, NFL ready right now, not a project. And to me, that says Mac Jones. And I said, you know, if you got Trevor Lawrence going one and, you know, uh, there's a handful of guys that could go too. Um, but if you've only got those guys, and then you want to control the draft board. That's a smart move by San Fran. And you don't move up to take a lineman. You don't move up to take, you know, a, a wide receiver. Um, you move up to get a quarterback at that spot. So, yeah, you see that that's the problem I have with, with, with that though, you know, you, first off, is a kid going to, they're looking. So San Fran is looking for a kid and San Fran was just a year ago. They were in the Super Bowl with their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Jimmy G knows this system. I don't, I can't stand when people say he's injury prone. He's not. Does he? Yeah. Now has he missed seasons? Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. missed a lot of games, but injury prone to me is, you know, he's always week to week. He's probable for every game, a muscle pull, all that stuff. This guy's right. got broken bones and torn ACLs. I mean, it's not, you know, <clears throat> he's got to be a better quarterback. He's got to be a better quarterback or uh, at, at protecting himself now granted the acl injury couldn't handle but i mean there were things like he he doesn't he doesn't necessarily protect himself from getting injured whether it be an acl tear or being tackled the wrong way and break right he holds on to the ball too long and just what we had our san fran friends uh dana and liam who just uh had their second kid by the way Ah, congratulations yep so they said you know that's they related him or Liam did, I think, to Drew Bledsoe, who would just wait and wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait in the pocket and then release the hounds. So, yes, I agree with that. And then you saw it through halfway through Tom Brady's career, where if he knew he was going to get sacked, he would just fall down. Now, right. in that time, hello, I just uh, hit puberty in that time. <laughs> I was going to ignore it. Uh, people were, you know, people would say that, oh, he, what a wussy, what a, you know, all, what a, what a prima donna. It's like, no, well, like, yes, he does look like that because he was falling down as he was about to get tackled. But he was actually, think about it. He was one hit away from ruining his career, ruining his season. So yeah. I understand that. So now it's like the longevity and protecting these quarterbacks. So long answer, Jimmy G's a healthy cat. Yes, he needs to do a better job protecting himself. But here's the thing. And you just hinted to it. What does San Fran need? I don't think they need a quarterback. They have Jimmy G. They have a guy that's in the system. Why would they draft another first rounder? 
at QB for a QB. Why would they draft another quarterback at the first round? Now there's uh, according to Bleacher Report, love those guys. They're talking BYU, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Yep. Justin Fields doesn't make sense in that type of offense to me, but okay. Then another top cat. Wilson North does. Dakota, Wilson, Wilson does, does. Wilson does. North Dakota State's uh, out of all schools. Uh, ND, NDS, Trey Lance. Yep. Trey has Lance. also been in the, in, yep. in the mix. And this is what Bleach, uh, Bleacher Report was reporting. Of They should get guys like that. No mention of... Uh, the Alabama kid, no mention of him that yep. we've been talking about that would we think that would fit in well with the Patriots Mac Jones, system. right? Mac Jones, thank yep. you. So uh, that, here's the question is, what are you doing, San Fran? Do you really want to shop Jimmy G? Do you want to get him off your payroll because you don't want to pay him the $35 million a year? Get it. Get it. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing. The guy won seven games. And you paid him $35 million a year, that huge contract. You're the moron. Oh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. He threw the all. ball 29 times in two games yeah. to get them to the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, yeah. Tannehill, who also beat the Patriots in the first round, threw the ball 15 times in two games yeah. and beat the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. You know? So he should be shining uh, King Henry's shoes. Exactly. But the other thing is I don't understand – like you already have a quarterback, so yes, you're going to shop Jimmy G, G, Jimmy G out with all the Deshaun Watson take. Why is this? Why is this even better for the Patriots? Why is this? You already knew that Jimmy G was going to be on the market, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But why is this move that they just made with the Dolphins? And I think the Dolphins are going to end up better in this, just Ooh, because yeah. they yeah. are. I think they're, they're going to be a big contender in the AFC. East they got like seven first round picks in the next three years or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think they're going to be huge, man. Yeah. So I, I congrats yeah, to the to Dolphins. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, f you because you're in our in the conference. But why is this better? Why does this even? Because you alluded to it on the text. Why is this better, or looking better, I should say, for the Pats? Why is it? Yeah, well, like uh, we already knew Jimmy G was up for grabs. How does this maneuver around our Deshaun Watson talk? Well, because three-way trade. Well, because now with San Fran having uh, the ability to get Mac Jones, if that's who they want, or Trey Lance, or if Wilson, Wilson drops, yeah, yeah if somebody, if if that's if they have the ability to do that, then you're looking at um, you're looking at you know, their ability to say, okay, we're going to move on from Jimmy G and, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they, so we get, we got, we got rid of him for what a second round pick. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was and, Belichick and, pretty so, much saying F you to craft. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the, the rumor is that you can get Jimmy G for a little more than a third. Well, what's a, what's a little more than a third, a second. A second would do it. So you give him, so you get a second round, so you give a second round pick. Maybe it's not this year, or maybe you do a third round pick this year and a conditional third that could be a second next year, depending upon, you know, provisions. How, like, um, what's his, uh, um, um, oh crap, who just signed that deal that has that? Uh, give me a second here. Blah, blah, blah. Um, who just signed the deal? Wentz, Carson Wentz. So the Wentz, so here's so here's what happens. Philadelphia on 
you know, so with the draft capital the Eagles have, right, this is um, Philadelphia's league's high 11 picks in this draft, including 12 and 37. They also have two third-round picks as a result of the Carson Wentz trade and a fourth pick from the Dolphins trading down. The Philadelphia's two first-round picks in 2022 with the potential for a third fourth first-round pick from the Wentz deal. If Wentz plays 70% of the snaps – and the Colts make the playoffs in 2021, or if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps this year, that conditional second turns into a first. So you mean to tell me that you can't do the same sort of thing, a third rounder this year and a conditional third rounder next year that turns into a second if, you know, uh, Jimmy G plays for a number of games? You mean to tell me that couldn't get the deal done? You bet your sweet American ass it could easily. Easily. And that's why it's so good for the Patriots, because you don't move up to third if you're drafting for a wide receiver. And this wide receiver class is deep. You know what I mean? Like, like this could be one of this could be one of the best all around QB classes that I know that there's like there's four or five or six guys that are really good, really good. Usually there's like the top two and then like all right, there's guys that are good, and then it really falls off the cliff to guys you draft in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that are, I don't want to say nobody's, but practice squad guys, and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. But this draft class is five or six good quarterbacks. The wide receiver draft class of this draft is even deeper. So you you don't need to go all the way up to, to, to third to get a wide receiver in this class. So who are you moving up for? You're moving up for a quarterback. Well, that's why, uh, if and, you're going to do that move, why would the Patriots trade? They're not going to trade because they, they know they can grab a wide receiver right. uh, with their 15th pick. Right, which is, well, which is exactly why here's what you do for the Patriots. You're going to probably have to move that, uh, move something for Jimmy G. So you move your third, maybe a conditional uh, next third next year that becomes a second. You get back Jimmy G. So you know you've got that. Then at 15, depending upon what you're doing, you can package something to move up to get the wide receiver on the draft and go and get a guy. So now you've got a young wide receiver, Jimmy G, some tight ends, a good guy, and then maybe go unless Mac Jones, um, you know, uh, um, unless he, you know, is still there at 15, they get a wide receiver. Right. But then that's the get that's you would only do that if, if you're if you know you're going to get Jimmy G. If you yeah. don't know, then then and then if you're the Pats, you draft a wide receiver. I mean, I mean, you, dra- you draft a quarterback, I should say. If you yeah. don't know that this Jimmy G deal and all that is coming with it, that $241 million base salary that he's yeah, got. But, yeah, but you can you can easily say, Jimmy, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spread that over two years. You know, turn some of it in. It's, it's cap money, right? You can move that around. You can spread that over a couple of years. Give him a bonus on his salary, you know, uh, a salary. Hell, you could even add on an extra year or two to the like, give him an extension and extend that out and give him a signing bonus for the first two years and front load it that way to bring that cap down way, way far. Like, yeah, that's easy. That's easy money. I could do that. Like, like you know, I could do that on a, on a posted stamp. You know what I mean? The math for that. So I'm not worried about it. So fine. Bring him on. Bring him on. I'd rather have like. So, for example, what if a guy with with all the maneuvering going around, 
What if a guy still like to the point? That's if, what if that's a guy if you like, know you're going to get if the Jimmy G deal is done. Well, that's the thing you're, is you're so not going to draft a quarterback. I have a, I have a feeling that the Jimmy G thing. So here's what's going on: the Patriots and and, and the and the Forty ers are using the press and using the media to um to 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 posture of where they want to deal. You know, oh, we're not going to take less than a third. Maybe the Patriots are only offering a fourth round pick right now for Jimmy G. Maybe a fourth and, um, you know, maybe um, maybe a f- maybe they're trying to do a fourth and uh, who's the cornerback there? Stephon Gilmore. Mm. You know, maybe like, all right, we'll do a fourth or a fifth for Gilmore. And they're like, okay, well, maybe we don't want Gilmore. Maybe San Fran doesn't want him because of the injury part of it. And they say, but we want a higher pick. Give us a second. And they're like, well, no, we'll give you maybe a fourth without him, you know, or a third without him. So I think they're posturing. I think they're peacocking. And I think eventually the trade's going to get done. And I think the trade gets done on draft day because I think some of the picks moving are going to be the Patriots picks. So maybe it's the third round pick from, from, uh, you know, from this year's draft. Maybe it's, maybe it is a second round pick. God, I hope it's not 15 because I would not pay. I mean, I love Jimmy G, but I sure as hell do not. I'm not giving up the 15th pick for him, bro. Absolutely not. Um, But here's the thing. That's why you would, that's why if you know the Jimmy G deal is going to happen, do you go grab a wide receiver? Well, so that's, that's, I, I say yes. And here's why. So they've got uh, uh, Chase out of LSU is is ranked third, but you've got Waddle out of Alabama and Devonta Smith out of Alabama, ranked eight or nine. I well, think Devonte would work well in this I, system oh, because, dude, strictly absolutely. because of his speed and size. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're talking another Welker, Edelman, uh, a, a top ten receiver. Yeah. I don't think that guy all he burns you with his speed. He's not going to get you with his size. Right. And people are worried that he's only a buck 70, which I didn't know that, which is going to get away. He's going to get away with that at the NCAA level. He's yeah. going to pack on some pounds well, that's the at thing this is, level. Yeah. Once you get into, ass. I don't want to say once you get into a pro system, wink, wink, uh, not that teams and players aren't negotiating the rules when it comes to weight training, lifting and. Right. Yeah, no, I understand. But, I understand but still, that. even, even if it's on the above and up, even if it's on the up and up, I should say they're still going to get him on a weight program where he's going to gain muscle and gain weight from that. Plus what's he like 20, 21. Yeah. He's you know 21. I mean? He's yeah, 21 he'll, years he'll old. He'll bulk up to be like when he's 24, he'll be like, what do you say? He's 170. He could probably yeah. easily be like 185. You know what I mean? Right. So, but how he's going to fit in the system, he he'll be the only deep threat. Yep. Uh, in, for, I mean, you talk about uh, Hogan was the only deep threat that we had. And I, I mean, I love Hogan, but he wasn't the best wide receiver. He was like third or fourth on, on the depth chart for, and he'd be third oh. or fourth on anybody's depth chart, I feel. So I think this kid is going to fit in nicely because A, we don't have any wide receivers. Yeah. B, uh, he's going to burn you with his quickness. And the two tight ends that we just signed, A big especially dude. with my boy Hunter Henry, yep. double H, that takes the pressure off him. To mm-hmm. perform in the first year, they don't have to target. Uh, they don't have to target Devonte five, six, seven, eight yeah. times a game. They can I, just do the two, three. And, and and no offense, I mean he's a rookie, so he's going to be learning the system. So you're going to know if he's going to be open, you're going to hit him. But if he's not, it's a sort of a, a live action teaching moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I mean, mean? like uh, it's kind of a pipe dream that I think that we're wishing for. Yeah, but um, well, I, hey, but here's the thing: if you're if if this is why I say for San Fran to do what they did and move around and get the third overall pick that is giving you a better than 
really good chance as far as I'm concerned. I'd even put a better than 85% chance of getting Jimmy G. Because, again, both sides are peacocking and, and saying what they want and saying what's going to happen. Both teams made the deal for Jimmy G once. Not that that right. matters, but at least at the minimum, you know, both teams can make a deal. Uh, John Lynch loves Belichick, loves John Lynch. You know, it's like they they, they love each other, respect each other. Yeah, they're all in bed and, and exactly. It's very true. But and <laughs> it's easy enough to take Jimmy G back and convince him to do the quote unquote Patriot way and move that money around. I mean, he's had Don Yee. He's the same uh, um, cl- uh, client for Brady. So they so Don Yee's worked with Belichick before on contracts. So it's not like it's going to be hard for them to go, listen. This is what we want to do. You know, we know he's coming off an injury. It, Don, this is, this, you know, this is what we do. It's going to be easier. We'll get him paid. We'll do his thing. We're going to draft a guy and go from there and then see what happens. And maybe by doing that, you can either A, move up to get, you know, like you were saying, either, you know, a Justin Fields, maybe you can move up to again. Maybe you can move up from 15 and get a Trey Lance, you know, if that's a guy that you really want to fill in that role of the future QB of this team. If not, you can still do that and move up and get your wide receiver, which is exactly what I think this team needs is they need a wide receiver, a number one wide receiver, and they need a quarterback. And if you can get there with Jimmy G, boom, move up and get yourself a receiver. I mean, it, to me, it, it just, it just makes perfect sense. That's if we can get Jimmy G. <laughs> I have I mean, no, I, I don't have a doubt we will. I just don't. okay. All okay. right, before we move on, I, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. How confident are you? What are you willing to put on this, George? Oh, go on. Yes, tell me more. Okay, well, we're not talking a sandwich, but what are you willing to put on this bet? Friendly bet. You know, I don't really need your house or where you live. But another thing you don't have, but says if you, you want to put, you know, your house on this bet. OK, are you willing? Are you willing to bet the house that Jimmy G is coming to the Patriots? Now, I don't care how it how the trade works. I don't even care if we, we if we traded. I mean, give us our best player. If we traded our two tight ends right now for him. As long as he's wearing a Patriots uniform, come September. What would you bet on it? Would you bet your house knowing that you're going to be homeless for the next whatever until you get back on your feet? I mean, you've been knocked on your ass a few times. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt if you were if you were kicking cans around the, the city of Chelmsford. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at me. I look at my face. I get kicked in the face a few times, and then I'm like knocked out of my ass. Um, yeah, I would. I would feel pretty confident. Yeah, I. So do. you would put your car on it. I put my car on it. Yeah. Really? I, All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I feel that. Jay I feel, Mitchell puts his car. I, I would put that. my car on that. Yeah. All right. Just because I, I again like we. we Give me a scenario that San Fran isn't. And again, I know that they said Jimmy's Jimmy's our guy and whatever. And, you know, they could put Jimmy G out there to to then groom the next guy. But and the and the salary cap would work. You're only paying, you know, the first guy is going to get low money, you know, because he's a rookie and whatever. But still, it's it, they, they've made a cap. They've made a a a, a um, uh slots so it's slotted so you get between this range so it's not like you can make more than the first round oh you can you know sign for like exorbitant amount of money which makes the second pick get even higher in the first and then 
So it's right. the cap. There's a there's a, a slot that you fit into. So I'm not worried about it. Like they can they could make the cap space work with Jimmy G and whoever they draft at three. But and that goes for either a wide receiver or or a quarterback. But why are you going to draft a guy at three and not let him play? Most guys drafted top, let's say five overall, start. They're not backups. You draft a kid in, I, I, and I'll use Jimmy G as an example. They drafted Jimmy G in the second round because they thought a lot about him to be the backup for Brady. He was the backup. He was second. I thought he was. All right. Yeah. All right. Second, I'll take yeah, your word for it. Right. Yeah. So, and, and Brady's even better. Brady was the third quarterback on the roster behind Bledsoe, you know, and, um, um, oh shit. What's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Either way, I know he was Zolak. Are you? Yeah, but it's not, no, no, it's not Zolak. Um, either way, he was still, no, yeah, right. Could have been, um, (laughs) um, but he was the third guy behind, um, Bledsoe and, and the guy I'm blanking on right now. Um, so it's like, so you, but you drafted him in the sixth round. You don't draft a guy in the top, like Baker Mayfield, boom, starts. You know what I mean? Like you just, no, he wasn't the starter out of the gate though. Yeah. Not, maybe not. Tyrod like, Taylor. Tyler, I mean, uh, uh, what's Russell, his fame? Russell Wilson, I believe started right away. You know, I yeah, believe but, it, like, uh, what about Tua? Tua was a first rounder. How, how early yeah, but was when he, was he, he picked? Start? Like 12 or 15. You know what I mean? Or 20 something. Like if you're picked in the top, my point is if you picked in the top five, you're sort of expected to be as a quarterback, as a quarterback, the next guy. So like, you're not waiting because you want to get this guy integrated into your offense and get him set up and start running reps and start being the first team and start running practice, you know, you know, captain's practices, so to speak, as they were right. You want him to run all those things. So you're not drafting a kid in the third to have him, you know, kill the clipboard and, and, and a fucking headset. You know what I mean? So to me, if you're drafting, if you go move up to get three, you're even guaranteeing you're getting a, a wide receiver, which the wide receiver that was third was pretty much like the, the third guy down on the ranking was a wide receiver. So why do you need to move up to get him? You know, it, it, that bad. And the rumor is, is they don't really want Jimmy G around. They kind no, of they don't, don't. They don't like don't, Jimmy G. Yeah. Isn't. So so it's why a, are you it's gonna a similar keep... system that the Pats have where yeah. it's a three step drop. So in that case, Jimmy G sucks. So why the hell would we want Jimmy G? See, I don't think Jimmy G sucks. I think Jimmy G can be a very good quarterback. Uh, so just under his... a different, just under a different yeah. uh, coaching. If staff, he didn't get hurt, somebody's was... gonna rub his bottom like Belichick does. That's yeah, no. my baby right no, here. No, that's well, my baby. Listen, fine, whatever works. I don't care. Get get us to tw- get us to thirteen and four because they're going with the seventeen game schedule next year. Give us 13 and four. Give us 11 and, and six every year. I'll be happy with that from that kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the thing is, in this offense, he already knows it. So the so as, as much as I complained about Cam Newton, and the one thing I did give him, at least in the beginning, is he didn't have a ton of time to learn this, you know, ridiculously uh, intricate right. offense. Right, so uh, Cam Jimmy would G be better knows. this year. Just Cam should be better this system. year by knowing it. Jimmy G's coming in way ahead of that curve and already understands. He's been out of the, the system. system for three years. Yeah, but four it hasn't really. Now. But it hasn't really changed much. And 
the terminology should be similar and the type of way that they can structure. So not only has he been in there, so he's already got the, the system down. Now he's already, now he's working on the nuances of the changes, but they already have worked with him to know his strengths and his weaknesses to know how to set an offense up and have more time to design an offense specifically for him. Like they did with Brady. Like when you heard the clip that Brady, you know, the famous one, you know, Bledsoe's got the clip. Well, what do you like? I like, yeah, sticks. yeah. I like, sticks, I like, yeah. Yep. You just and want to get on TV. TV. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the point is you already know what Jimmy G can do. So now you've got a chance to allow um, Belichick and more importantly, McDaniels to script an offense this season, this offseason, I should say, around a quarterback that you already have familiarity with. And he's got familiarity with you on your system. Now all you need to do is have him go out there and work with the new guys like Henry and um, – um, uh, the other uh, uh, tight end there, um, that we just got right. Oh, oh kid from Tennessee, yeah. Um, I'll look it up, uh, yeah. You, you anyway, finish your anyway, thought before so, we go, so yeah, yeah. So, so like at least be able to work with those guys when you get a new uh, wide receiver in here, Al Galore, right? Or, uh, you know, you've got him as well. So, it's like you've got all these guys you want to have him work with and assimilate himself into th- that offense, and you'll have that longer time to do it, but it'll be sped up quicker because he knows that what they know and they know what he knows, and that just makes to me more sense than anything in the world, which is why I'll say, I, I, I yes. I would bet my car on the on this trade. Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. Thank you. Yep. So I just think, um, I, you know, you get you get Garoppolo. And again, what was Garoppolo? I said it last week. Garoppolo's a game manager. That's what Brady was for the first four years of his career here. And they won three Super Bowls because they stacked the defense. They turned him into a game manager with quick outs. And he was like, it literally was the death by a thousand paper cuts. And that's what started this whole title run. So you mean to tell me that Belichick can't just turn the clock back, get a guy like Jimmy G who can run the offense with efficiency and accuracy, which is what Belichick wants is accuracy. And then stack the defense. So you're not scoring a damn thing against this team. This team is going to be sneaky good this year. Oh, like, I think this team is like, going to be great. I even if you is, had Newton at the helm, I really I, do. Yeah, I, think I, Newton, I think Newton gains at least three more wins. So now you're talking from seven and nine. Now you're talking 10 and seven. I think he does. Let's just say he, let's just say that your, 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 your pipe dream that you're trying to make reality right now. God, I hope so. (laughs) Not not that I I wasn't insufferable anyway with Tampa winning. Imagine if my, if my boyfriend comes back to uh, the, the New England Patriots, my other boyfriend, you know, you guys listening out there, that South Park GIF where there's just, White you know paint everywhere, and the guy slouched over <laughs> in the chair, just all exhausted. over the room, just, just exhausted. exhausted. Yeah, that's George. <laughs> it was it was George when Brady went to Tampa. It was George when Brady won the Super Bowl, uh, and it could be George. It's just a disgusting. Gift, but, um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, even if your pipe dream doesn't work, I still think Cam Newton could win ten games. I really do. If it doesn't work, then they draft a Mac Jones and they'll find a way to move. Oh, up I, I agree with that, but I don't think J- Mac Jones is going to start. No, no, no. He wouldn't or, start. And, and I think you, but I'll think you, I, I'd be willing to bet you see him by week eight. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that one. Yep. For the first time, I'm not going to argue with that one. <laughs> 
but yeah, so big happenings in the uh, NFL. I mean, uh, who knew that this NFL offseason was going to be absolutely ludicrous? Hey, well, let me rewind. <clears throat> With the cap going down, I knew that there were going to be players available to get that would not necessarily be available if the cap had gone up and whatnot. But who knew this whole NFL uh, uh, trade? Uh, I mean, oh, this I whole NFL it. free agency. I mean, it's, it's full on, full on uh, uh, banana land, which is phenomenal. I love it. I am with you. A lot of this is as a lot of guys and teams are kicking, and we've talked about this, how owners are, are trying to save money. I mean, the cap went down because there was no fans. Yeah. And a lot of, like, Kyle Van Noy. Love yeah. him. Love that he's yep. back on the Pats. Uh, why did Miami get rid of him? Okay, he really wasn't performing that was it two years ago? No, it was he had last one year, year in Miami. Last year, yeah, last year. So he didn't really earn his pay. Uh, okay, I'll understand that. But you would have you would have given that guy another year, right? If the captain bring, I mean, look at all the other free agents that were. I mean, being he was he was named a captain. I, I know. know what I mean. <clears throat> and there was uh, it was also him, like you know, any comment on Edgar uh, or what's his name Flores, and he just goes no comment, like he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, it could be bad beef there. He probably took it personally. Like he's moving him and his family now back up to Miami, uh, back up to Boston where it's all cold and shit like that. Yep. And uh, he's like, you know what? I'll, I was comfortable up there, even though I love Miami. You know what I mean? So a lot of teams are just kicking top names around just because they can't afford them. It's like, we love you. Do you want to take a pay cut? Perfect example is what's his face uh, from Vegas. He played at oh. Uh, Oregon. Oh, God. I took like a seven and a half million dollar oh, no. pay cut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariota. Um, Mariota, yeah, yeah. Marcus yeah. Mariota. Yep. I mean, he must really love the crap stable out there. Yeah. <laughs> he must be gaining that other. But this is what I expected to happen where owners are being more cautious with their monies. And I know, George, they're millionaires. They get plenty of money. But actually, when you're trying to run a business, you got to cut somewhere and you're going to cut some big names. And it's just, we love you. But here, notice that the Patriots, the Patriots haven't done that. You know why? Because they don't have any big, they don't, you, you, you didn't tell me you didn't have any high price talent. Oh, exactly. we didn't, we only grabbed Dorn because he was high priced. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, looks like I might have lost Matt. Um, no, I, I, Matt, I agree with you 100%. Uh, 100% on that. Um, I, I just the re, the reason being is is there's just really no um there's really no other way to describe that like to be honest with you that's perfect um the high price talent is, is the Pats had none I mean they were lucky to go what they were last year seven and nine you know so uh it, I just I I think that this team is going to be vastly improved but let's um let's actually switch gears let's head over to uh, to talk about the Boston Celtics trader Danny uh, coming up big. Uh, finally, the 2021 uh, after I think it was five or six year hiatus that Danny Ainge actually makes a trade and makes a deal. Uh, he went in and he traded uh, Daniel Tice, Jeff Teague, Javante Green and two second round picks for Magic's wing. Evan Fournier, Wizard Center, Mo Wagner and Bull Center, Luke Cornett. So that is what we're looking at uh, for the trade. Here's basically the biggest thing is the key acquisition of, uh, of Fournier. Um, he's the big name 
It's his ninth year as a forward. He's a good wing scorer. Um, looking at his uh, stats, points per game, 19.7, rebounds 2.9, assists 3.7. He's 6'7", 205. Uh, he's about 28 years old. Again, his experience is about eight years in the league. So um, I think he's going to be good. I think they've got the good thing is they've got the, the, the Larry Bird right so they can resign him and get him for a lower cap dollar, which is always good to get, especially in Danny Ainge's life. Um, he loves that type of deal. Um, I think it's going to be more geared to seeing how good he is and how it works for the next 28 games, 30 games or whatnot that the that the uh, the Celtics have. So, I mean, if I'm Danny Ainge, I think it's a good deal. I don't think it's a great deal. I'm not too enthusiastic about it. I'm not going. It wasn't like it's not like a Kevin Garnett deal. You know, it's not like it's anything really big. Um, you know, I, I, they had a shot to get Aaron Gordon. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really. Um, you know, I wasn't really excited about Aaron Gordon. Uh, I don't know why. I just, I'm not really too excited about him. Um, I just thought it was kind of maybe too much of a redundancy of a type of, uh, a type of team that they have already. Uh, and Matt's back. <clears throat> Matt, welcome back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, um, there you are. are. You there? Are we back in? Yeah, Jesus Christ! I, yeah, I was I'm talking good. about Wagner. Uh, I was, I was doing, I was just doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, I sent Va- you a Wagner. Snapchat, and oh. I'm like, let's <laughs> take a look at this guy. George is frozen. <laughs> now it's, you don't have connection, but just in case you folks can hear me out there, is <laughs> this guy? I, this I did the exactly same thing. <laughs> I did the same thing. I said, well, let's switch gears. Let's talk about this. So I was talking about uh, about Fournier, uh, his ninth year in the league. Went over his his stats. Um, I know that I was just talking about Gordon. That um, I wasn't really high on him. I liked him, but I thought it was a major redundancy no, on this, this guy. Team. Moritz Moritz Wagner from Germany, Wagner? Berlin, Wagner? is exactly what we need at the center position, man. Well, I good. Mean, Tell me about the- him. The guy's stats is just out of control. He's averaging seven points a game, and he's 6'11". He's averaging uh, just shy of uh, four rebounds a game. And let's just, you know, just in case you're really not excited, uh, he's got about he's one assist per game. So this guy that they got from Germany is going to be the key to the Celtics actually selling the franchise for a bag of peanuts. And this is the move that you make that changes everything, George. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't sense my sarcasm, <laughs> this guy fucking sucks. I wouldn't have him open my front door, okay? Because no, I'd be him and he'd be working for free. But I know that guys at the door would give him coins, and he's they're overpaying him. Who the hell is this guy? Seriously. <laughs> We needed a big – you needed to save the season and turn things around with already the money that you have invested with Tatum, five years, 125. And listen, I still love Tatum. He's still putting buckets up – or he's still putting buckets in 25.6 or whatever it is per game. doesn't matter. 25 points a game. Add it to the board every game for Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart, I wanted him out of here. Move him. Get the attitudes out of here. Move him. Now we – and this is the guy that we – who the hell – like Sean said it. Who the hell is Mo Wagner? 
And I'm like, what do you mean? Like Mo Vaughn? He's going to be in the uh, Nesson booth. That, no, no, <laughs> Mo Wagner. Guy's six foot 11, and he can barely put on his, his breakaways. So it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm really not a big basketball fan, so I don't want to go down the road too, off, too far. But when you don't make moves and your team sucks, when you don't make big moves and you bring in this clown, like this – Takanawa guy from Ma- the movie Major League Two. You bring in that guy, <laughs> in, like to try to make moves. Then I have no use for you. I have no use for you, Danny Ainge. You suck. Your job is on the line, and you make a move like this. And Tatum is quoted saying, "I honestly didn't see that one coming." He literally. It, this is what he said. Okay, this is what he said. I didn't see that coming. Jason Tatum on the Mo Wagner. Uh, trade yep celtics acquired three players but sent out three players on thursday like nope and then you got fournier wagner cornet like and then we get rid of um uh javante green right yeah it was uh it was daniel tice jeff teague javante green yeah I was actually kind of sad to see tice go i thought he was a hustler but i mean like he's a tradable guy but once again when we talked about it last show the big name trades that Ainge has done, just big names, not big money or, or you know, uh, he's got rid of Rondo. He's got rid of um, Ray Allen, got rid of uh, Ray Allen. Ray. Oh, well, I thought Ray Allen was going. <coughs> no, for the that's right. He was. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he got free inside. But he got rid of Parkins, got rid of Rondo. Got rid of Rondo, got rid of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yep. So now and Farhadian kind of hit it because Farhadian hates the Celtics just as much as we do but he's like <laughs> i think since the Kyrie thing he's got the legs like swiped under him he's afraid shy, to make so to speak. yeah yeah he's afraid to make the big name trades and it's just such bullshit and i'm sick and tired of that your team's 18 and 21 or whatever they are and right now they're below 500 and you pay a lot of money for big names on your team i have no use for you anymore i'm done with this experiment this danny ainge experiment he's a horrible gm you can't trust him he blew his he blew his tires off uh, when the Kemba Walker thing uh, arose with the with the fucking I can't talk this morning with the knee injury and he was trying yep. to shop him around. Yep. Like wh- who does that? You're not going to build any trust. You're going to lose deals that way. Fucking Mo Wagner. I'm going to get a jersey, Mo Wagner. <laughs> Only it's going to be like it's going to have the. The food and beverage. Uh, I'm going to have the name tag, and that's that's his jersey. That's his new jersey. If you want to get a Mo Wagner jersey out there, fans, you got to go to the concession stands or the or the pro shop, and you got to go to the food and beverage uh, section section <laughs> section and get that. Just <clears throat> ask him put on them t-shirts and have uh have the guys at the pro shop put Wagner and twenty or uh, Wagner. Yeah, he can hang Wagner a star and... on my tree every yeah. Christmas, every <laughs> December first. How's that? No, hell no, no. I, I that's a sacred thing to do. You should hang your own star. I don't care how big he is. <laughs> um, yeah, he got you no know, points last night, by the way. So. Uh, did he play though? He didn't start. He played. No, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember who played because oh, it's Fournier that wasn't available. Fournier, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. See, I'm more excited about the Fournier deal. Uh, that aspect of it, I think, is good. Um, I just don't understand how how you're so negative on the Red Sox, and at times the Patriots. But you kind of you say the Celtics suck, but then you try to find positives. The Red Sox haven't even played George 
and I hate and them you already. are crushing them, and you hate them. <laughs> no, you hate I, the I, way I, the I, tickets cost. No. You hate the the product on the field. Yep. Meanwhile, you don't even know the starting lineups. You, you're like, I heard of four of these guys, and now you're like, I'm excited about the. How can you? Get I never said I was excited. I said that's about the, the Fournier key. deal. No, no, I, I'm never so excited. Maybe is the wrong word. I at least that's the that's the centerpiece or the or the the, the crown jewel, for lack of a better way of putting it, of this deal. Fournier is going to be that 20, 28 game, thirty game rental to see how good he is and how he meshes with Brown and Tatum. Honestly, I think the tougher decision is, and the and the and the tougher realization that Celtics fans have to come to, is it's down to do you trade Tatum or Brown? And in my opinion, you take you trade Tatum because he doesn't seem to. I've never seen him get mad. He throws up these, you know, uh, either drives to the lane and bitches, um, and, and complains. They all, they, they, no, 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 but doesn't, but, but puts his head down and, you know, pseudo sulks and doesn't get back on defense. Right. So at least Brown hustles and he get back on defense and Brown seems to be more of a leader on the court and he's willing to pass the ball, which Tatum doesn't, it just goes to him and dies. So if you want a team that thinks, cause I think Tatum fancies himself more like a, uh, uh, a mini Russell Westbrook or a mini Durant or a mini uh, James Harden where, you know, maybe, maybe not Durant, but a mini James Harden where he's going to just get the ball to him, take it up and boom, he's going to score, you know, 35, 40 a night on average, you know, maybe have four to five assists, uh, but you're going to use him as your scoring guy. Yeah. But well, you wouldn't want that guy on your effing team. I, I do, but it doesn't work with this team. Now, the only question is, can you get a different coach in here that can coach that? But the other problem is, I think Brown has that ability to be a good scorer. And you can't build your team around Brown. Sorry, and, and, I love Brown. Can't well, build your team around here's, him. Here's the thing. I think Brown is more like um, Paul Pierce than Tatum is. So you mean to tell me you can't trade Tatum? And get an equivalent just, of just for clarification, you're not comparing Brown to Pierce playing wise. You you I'm mean comp- leadership wise? Leadership wise, but with the way Brown was, it, Pierce is a Rushmore guy for for the Boston Celtics. He's up there. With no, no, no. I no, no, no. But hear me out. P- Pierce right wasn't a Bird. Pierce wasn't a a Rushmore guy for us when he first started out with Antoine Walker. Right. He wasn't that guy. He was sort of what Brown is trying to be a leader, try to get guys, try to facilitate the ball, try to score himself, but was not who we can now consider Paul Pierce was. What if Brown was ended up turning into Paul Pierce? So you mean, I mean to tell me any, so, okay, anybody so would want on. that any exactly, day of the week? Exactly. So here's the thing. What if Danny Ainge trades Tatum and gets back a haul that would be considerable to getting back a Kevin Garnett like player. You said name you me a player oh, that's that's comparable to Garnett though. That's the thing. Like I'm not willing so, okay, to risk. Okay, so so hold on. Throwing uh, so, away my best so, player. So when I say Kevin Garnett like player, I mean an impact player that can help bring this team together to be a team because that's what we Kevin Garnett was the glue that held that whole team together Pierce was the leader Garnett was that glue right we can agree on that it, right yeah so of course that, I mean that so if, Garnett again, wanted out Garnett no, no, wanted I, out of Minnesota I, again, he, I don't, it was time yep 
great. All of that. Pierce said either trade me or get guys in here that can win. Exactly. What if you treated – Different attitude though. Right, but still what if you treated Brown like that and got him young? And I know – and this is – so this will be a bad example because of who it is because he just signed. But what if you got a guy that's like a Giannis? Right. A guy that can be a good player from another team that maybe wants out or again, because you're dangling Tatum as your as your trade bait, teams would jump to have a guy like Tatum, which is great. That means you're going to get more of a haul for him because there's multiple teams would love his services. So coming back should be something that could drastically change your team to be a contender, because I think Brown can be that Paul Pierce role on this team. And I think he needs a, another guy that comes in here that demands, I don't say demands the respect in, of the room, but can back the coach, whether it's Stevens, if he stays uh, in this offseason, or it's a new coach to come in and say, this is how we're going to do it. Trading Brown, you're not going to get as much. Trading Tatum, you will. And you might get that one piece that you really need. And that's the part that I'm I mean, saying. nobody's going to say no to that. Exactly. Again, exactly. Pipe dream, George G.J. No, that's not that. a pipe dream. That's that's why I think these little that's why I think these little pieces that Danny Ainge did could could be good for down the road. Daniel, now, Daniel I, Tice is a sixth man. No, no, on great. Most yeah, most no, NBA I, teams. Are I know. I not I, a big name that we got rid of, but he right, was a but starter. Getting, but getting for the Celtics, but getting Fournier back. I don't know about, uh, you know, Wagner or, uh, or, or the other guy they got back, uh, the, the Cornet or Cornet. We got, got Moe and, and freaking taco uh, Mo, Mo we, got, and, we got funny names that are being assigned to the the, the guy that makes the jerseys printing these names is going to be like what the fuck are we doing? who's on first what's on Fall. second and i don't yeah, know who's exactly. on third <laughs> exactly uh, but listen all i'm saying is i think him doing a bigger deal this year would have handcuffed him to make a bigger deal next year at least now you have an advantage or have the uh the ability to want to say blow it all up but you know Pick Brown again. I would pick Brown over Tatum. Pick Brown and get Tatum out of here and bring in that piece that you need or pieces that you need that can get you where you need to be in the Eastern Conference. So you're and talking again, next say, year, though. I'm talking. I'm talking next year, so which is why with this trade. I think Danny Ainge just folded his cards, put him in the center of the table. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah. So yes, and here's why. Here's why. No big you know names. I, you know what I bet you. You know what I bet you. He did. I bet you either I either pre-flop or after the uh, you know after the river, he might have been in a good position, but somebody overpriced the pot, so he just he may have he may have had the nuts, but he didn't know it because somebody overpriced the pot. So he put his cards in and said, you know what, the next time I'm going to be able to play that because I'm going to know that I've got that upper hand. So I think that's what he's doing. I think, and now, do I think he? Or he was just feeling the pressure to Danny. You got to do something, Danny. You got to do something, Danny. You got to. You know what? Here, I fine, and that's fine. But and he brought I'm in looking, guys that probably were working the front door at some <laughs> shithole club, and then COVID happened, and they got. And guess what? They got traded away from that job. I listen. That's I don't. I don't necessarily love the deal. I think Braid. I think uh, uh, Danny should have gotten rid of Tristan Thompson. Should have gotten rid of Marcus Smart probably to get some pieces back in here. But the, I don't think there was any real major deal other than giving up the farm for Aaron Gordon. 
that would have gotten us a bunch of stuff back without giving up the farm. So these were little deals that needed to be done. And with what he has around him to now maneuver on the team from cap space to player availability, the bird rights on Fournier, you know, still some of the TPE left. So he has the ability to now do something drastic next year and maybe go after a big name guy by dangling a couple of this stuff out there, including, in my opinion, Jason Tatum. And I love Tatum, even though he's a Duke guy. Yeah, well, I, I, I love I wanna, Tatum too. But maybe that's kind of why I want to throw him out of here. So here, here's my question: Does yeah. this trade with those three guys right now? Because I'm living into now. I don't want to look into the future because we're still dealing with a pandemic. And when I don't will, like to look when into will the then future. be now? Right. <laughs> okay, but I'm looking into now. If yes. I'm putting money on it, yes. enough. Are the Celtics going to be? Does with that trade do the Celtics become contenders this year? Is that a front page move that they did? No. And if it ends up that they just get slingshotted into second or first place, then Danny Ainge looks like a hero. It's like the Oakland A's of 2000, where what's his nuts look like a hero for just paying guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Minimal. Um, Billy Bean Billy to get Bean. on first yep. base yeah, and then yeah. bunt him over. Yeah. But this is got Hattieberg playing first base. Yeah. Yeah. I can't throw the ball. Um, uh, moving you to first base. Yeah, exactly. But this or isn't a, this Scott isn't... Hatterberg. <laughs> right, right. Not a front page trade. No, it's not even a middle of the newspaper page but trade. To, but if you're trying to play for the future, I understand that. And do you have – are the Celtics somewhat young? Yeah, they are. But do they have a lot of talent? Yes, they do. So why would you play for the future when you have Tatum, Brown, Walker – those are three names in the NBA, all-stars, three all-stars on your roster. Why would you make a trade to plan for your future? I'll tell you exactly. With those three guys, and I don't think – let's just add Aaron Gordon to that, right? So let's see. you've Especially got Especially when, when I think your, your, your job is on the line. Okay. So let's add Aaron Gordon just because that's a better deal – and that was the, the bigger deal or the biggest deal I've heard that the Celtics were involved in, right? So mm. let's add Alan, uh, Gordon to that mix. So now you got Gordon, Tatum, Brown, and Walker, right? Are you, yeah, beating, are you beating the 76ers? Nope. Are you beating the Brooklyn Nets? Nope. Are you beating the Milwaukee Bucks? Maybe. Yeah, okay, you, you beat them last, uh, last night, uh, but in a seven-game series, doubtful. You beating the Charlotte Hornets? Okay, maybe that goes six games. Maybe there's a seventh on a buzzer beater, but still, no. You beat the Knicks? Uh, it's going six or seven, but yeah, I think you can. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, I think you can compete with them, and I think it could best be. Team, best this team's going to do, George, is win the first round and, and then get swept. Exactly. Just- so, so with that being said, why not plan for the future? Why not pick up a guy like Fournier? Do you want to see, again, if I'm Danny, I want to see how he's playing with Brown. Not necessarily with Tatum, but I'll put those two guys out there and see what that chemistry is like. Because now you got a wing shooter like an like a Ray Allen, a guy who can shoot from the wing. You got a guy like Brown who's more like a Paul Pierce. You got to find that sort of you know six uh, eleven forward, right? That if you you know doesn't want to. So you know, Wagner is, and he sucks. 
Well, yeah, well, and that's fair, but maybe you can replace Wagner with somebody for next year, that big name guy, you know, that can come in and do that. And that's where I think Danny Ainge is going to be good. And yeah, it sucks in the now it blows, but in the now you weren't winning anything. Anyway, this team was lifeless. And even after yesterday's win, I still say they're lifeless. Oh, I agree. I'm not going to argue with you there. So if you're Ainge, why not make the aggressive move? And you know why? Here's my other thought is he's, so he can line up job interviews for over the summer. <laughs> hey guys, I made th- I made these three guys to so the Celtics were in a better position for yeah. 2021 and 2022. That's why it just came to me when we're firing on all c- cylinders, George, and I, you just go on your tangents. I'm thinking. You talk. I think I come up with real ideas. Danny Ainge did this to save his his interview and resume status for 2021. I want his short, short basketball shorts out of Boston. <laughs> I don't give a shit what he did for this. First off, he wore number five. Of my, oh, no, 44, 44. right? Didn't yeah. he also wear five? Not with us. He no? Wore 44. Yep. Yeah, well, you know what? It doesn't matter because he's not a number one in anybody's book right now. <laughs> so you take his short shorts and you – you put him on a flagpole and then you run a 757 or 747 Boeing airplane right by it and blow those things right the fuck out of here because that's exactly <laughs> what he did. He's trying to set the Celtics up for the future, according to your your theory. So I'm all for that. If that's what he did, so, I don't need to know it. He did it. He did it. He's not planning for, for now because, like you said, this team is a lost cause. Am I wrong? We're going to split hairs there? This team's a lost <laughs> cause. Didn't have the attitude. Didn't have the – maybe the work ethic was there. Yes. Didn't have the winning attitude. Didn't – kind of a sticky fingers type situation. So Danny Ainge setting himself up uh, for job interviews uh, come after July 4th. When you ring in, uh, you know, the American holiday, and hopefully we're, we're in normal times then. That's what Danny Ainge did. And I got to respect that, George. That's, that's also like if you're a sales rep – you know you're on, you know you're interviewing, but you're still doing your job, and you still want to make make it good for the other sales reps. Uh, you don't want to represent the company in a bad way. You don't want to say that this company sucks. I'm moving. You just say, "Yep, it just wasn't working out." Here are the accounts. Everybody loves me. They're gonna stay with you, but you take this because I can't deal with a culture in this company. That's what Danny Ainge did. He can't deal with the Boston culture anymore. You know why? Because he wants to take. Uh, you know, a low market team, he wants to cash his checks and then he trying to, you know, if, uh, LeBron James comes along, you know, once every 20 years on another Michael Jordan, another Larry Bird, he'll draft him in the first round and then try to build a team. And that, that's when it kind of gets exciting. That's, that's, that's Danny Ainge. All right. So let me ask you big market moves. They haven't worked besides the big three. So let me, yeah, well, so it took what? a uh, And a that was trade? 11 years ago. Right, but that took a trade of a player or a couple players that guys liked. Uh, I think Gomes was in on that trade. Um, who was the who was the center that I liked um, that was in on that trade? Was it Perkins? No, 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 no. They got Perkins, but no. Who was the guy we sent out? Because Gomes was from uh, uh, Providence. Who was the guy they sent out? They got him from Utah. He played at like Utah. 
but that deal but anyway, so only hold on. happened because right, right, right. Pierce opened well, his mouth yes, and yes, said, well, "Get yes. these guys are." But I'm hold gone. on, hold on. What? Well, okay. What if Brown and Tatum haven't said that out, you know, to Danny? And Danny's just saying, "Hey, before I'm going to be proactive before these guys start complaining and before this happens, I got to make a deal. I'm going to read you off a couple of names." So he oh, traded. Hold on, hold on. Three hold guys on. that can serve snacks at the at the freaking in the side this week. Okay, but what if what if putting those into a trade along with Tatum got you a list of guys? And I'm going to read you this list. Okay, what if it got you Nola Jokic? Right, he's on uh, who's. Let me move this over. Uh, there we go. Jokic is on the Denver Nuggets. They currently six twenty-seven and eighteen, six and a half back. All right, fine. But what if you could get uh, Tatum and get rid of Jokic? You know, with a couple of players. All right, fine. Maybe Denver doesn't want to. They're a playoff team. Then maybe they don't want to uh, to to trade for Tatum. Okay, that's great. How? Let's go to the worst team. Uh, completely in the NBA, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. And how about Carl Anthony Towns? You mean to tell me a package with Jason Tatum couldn't get Carl Anthony Towns? Yes, it could. Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz, I'm going to leave them alone. They're pretty much dominating the NBA right now. So, yeah, you know, not maybe not. Anything. Bam out of bio, he just signed a deal, so probably not. Hmm, how about a guy like Chris Stapps Porzingis? 23 and 20 of the Mavs, they're 70. They're in the se- uh, 70. They're in the seventh place, which is in that play-in game round. You know, so, okay, not a problem. How about Nurchich? He's from the Trailblazers. They're six and a half out, 27 and 18. Maybe, maybe not, but still, you know, again, a guy like Tatum, you might be able to get uh, uh, Jurkic. And I know they wanted Vucevic, but, you know, they didn't do anything. Maybe DeAndre Ayton. Let's see where Philadelphia Phoenix. So Phoenix is 30 and 14. Probably not, but again, you know, if you've got a chance with Tatum, that might not be bad. And then the final guy I'll go with was Valachunas from the Grizzlies. And oh, let's see with the Grizzlies. Oh, they're 21 and 21 in ninth place. And they've got an opportunity to improve their team by getting a guy like Tatum. So to me, all this predicates on your ability to in your desire to trade Jason Tatum. So fine. You move a guy like Jason Tatum, you now get your quote unquote big three. You get Brown, you get maybe Carl Anthony Anthony Towns, and maybe the guy like Fournier, uh, who can play good with Brown as your wing player, becomes your third. And if you could do that while keeping Marcus Smart here, maybe, and you can get rid of somebody else, now Marcus Smart will literally have to defer to those guys offensively because of what happens. Maybe you can keep Tatum and put Smart in a trade and give some young guys to them. You can do a lot more with these picks and your ability to trade Tatum. So to me, nobody on the league, especially from a center position, would be untouchable if you wanted to trade Jason Tatum. If you trade Jason uh, Jalen Brown, I don't think so. I think you're going to have to add a lot to that package. But if you dangle Tatum out there, you'll get a guy, like I just mentioned, one of those guys from a center position to make that deal to bring back that quote-unquote new, new big three. So to me, that's what you're going to do. And that's what Danny is setting up to do, in my opinion. Do I like the fact that he didn't put anything together on this team to make them actually half decent and, and exciting to watch? No, I'm not. But that still doesn't predicate me from not at least looking forward and seeing what Danny could be playing the game of chess, looking a few moves ahead to see what he could do with this team and speculate on if I was Danny, what I would do on this team because of what I think this team needs to be uh, to, to, to have the shakeup to get back on the right track. I think Danny needs, I think Danny owns it to, 
to Stevens and he owns it to the, the deal team. sucks, George. Ah! There's no positivity in the nothing surrounding the Celtics. They're not setting themselves up for the future. It goes back to what I say. Danny Ainge, that selfish bastard, is setting up job interviews after July 4th. After right. he brings in America. That's I'm a, why. I'm I'll go back you, on mute. Uh, no, the, first of all, the dramatic pause of the, the click was brilliant. Uh, if you didn't watch it on the video, that was great. Second of all, are you willing to bet your house? On the fact that Danny Ainge is fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, that is great. All right. Well, that's on Celtics talk. We shall see. Uh, they got another game uh, um, uh, tonight against OKC. Uh, Robert Williams was pretty much the big star, I would say, of the game last night. Uh, and a good and a good win. Not a great win, um, but a good win. Uh, against the Bucks, um, it did end up being a lot closer than I think it should have. They were up by, you know, 20. They got 43 in the uh, third quarter, but uh, we shall see. Um, but let's uh, let's go to another thing here and another deal um, that you know we're a team that we're looking at that the trade deadline's coming up. Uh, the Bruins, uh, they lose to the Islanders in their return after the COVID. Uh, and then Rask gets injured. He's now out. Uh, he's out. For, yeah, he's not playing today. Yeah, he's out. Uh, and definitely is still what they've said, correct? I haven't seen anything different. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, he okay. wasn't at practice uh, yesterday. So yep. lower body injury. Is it lower which, his upper body injury? No. Was it upper? Yeah. I don't know the way. I mean, he's re-injured that groin a couple of times, but you know, it doesn't matter. Hockey is so secretive. Huge loss. You don't have him. I'm sorry, whether you hate him, whether you love him. And there's only two things. You either love him or hate him. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. You lose him, especially now that we're starting to have guys come back. Like Carlo was wearing the red shirt at practice. Tenorti's back in the lineup. Miller is now, I think, second or third week, uh, April, but he's getting back to healthy. We're missing some huge defensemen, but now we have our, our goalie issues. That sucks. I, I'm not – I'm not, uh, and I hate to be negative Nancy again, but that's what happens when your teams suck. And the Bruins, <laughs> I only have uh, nothing but good things to say of why they're losing. Um when you lose, when you have five defensemen out, like a Carlo Grizzly, even losing one of your best defensemen, Carlo, that's that sucks. Who's going to step up? Okay, Camper stepped up, but he scored. He's one of those guys that is your seventh, eighth defenseman. That's he's been like that his entire career. But guess who also has stepped up when he needs to step up? Yaroslav Halak. But he's done yep. that in his entire career. Right. And, but what are those guys they add? What do they do? They're Tempur-Pedic pillows. They add extra support when you need it. But what does a Tempur-Pedic pillow do over time? It wears down and then it sucks. You can't have it for a long period of time. So it's pretty much you're on your – you need an oil change, <laughs> right? And the, and the car is really on its last leg. And you can't keep substituting this fake oil, which is – Halak and guys like Kemper to replace guys like Tuca or guys like Brandon Carlo. This is now it's injury. So we can't really fault anybody here. Like we can't, I, I seriously believe that Tuca is seriously hurt. Now he could be out for a month, man. 
That month yeah. is huge. Yeah. That month is huge. I'm not saying shop around for a goalie. And if they do that, that means Tuca better be out for, for – he better almost retire at this point. So that's what worries me. But at least when the Bruins put a product on the ice or on the court or on the field, they produce. They're still in the hunt. When the Celtics put a product on the court, on the ice, or on the field, they don't produce. They suck. When the Red Sox – you get what I'm saying here, folks? The Red Sox suck, period. That's it. Right. I don't care where. They can keep themselves off the court, off the ice, off the field. Right. But the Bruins have serious like injuries. Now, if you were to tell me that Tatum's out, Walker's out, I mean, Brown's out, or two out of your three guys are out, especially in basketball, then I'm like, yeah. well, you know, we had a lot of injuries. Our big-name guys were out. This is what's happened to the Bruins. Yeah. Islanders, bro, they're just good. Dead. Bruins were up two nothing. They also had a four minute power play and still couldn't put the biscuit in the basket. Guys scored that that are not even on top line. The grinder line scored. Kempfer scored it. I can't remember. Um, Coleman Coleman got the Coleman first one, scored. Then Kempfer yep. did. Uh, and I know Coyle got an assist. Did he get a goal? Uh, no. Uh, Bjork got the third goal. Bjork uh, in the third. And Bjork's period. been yeah. playing great. He's yeah. been. He's been good this year. Good third line guy. I think that's going to be his role. I think I was really high on him to be on, on the top line, maybe drop pasta. I thought it was going to be with two. Yeah. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. So not, I'm not disappointed in Bjork. I think he's having a, he's solidifying himself that he wants to, he can remain in the NHL. Yeah. He's starting to play better. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's It's starting to come to him. Yep. However, in that overtime, I'm a little questionable. Why wasn't Bergeron and Marchand and McAvoy out there to start? Why was it Coyle? Um, actually, Coyle's the only guy I remember because he got burnt on on that two on one. Yeah, the wasn't overtime. it the uh, the Coyle? Uh, was it Bjork out there too in Sinishin? Not. I can't remember. Does, yeah, but I know it's a coil line anyway. Questionable call by Cassidy, but uh, again, I'm sure he's done that before. It was trying to mix and match match lineups, but. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're starting goaltender who played great in the first period. All of a sudden, he's not coming back out for the second. And he's not even on the bench. Right. He can't even open the door, bro. Right. So now what do you do? Do you trust uh, Vladar to be that backup? Or do you kind of just say, hey, you're going to go one, you know, every other game, you two. And whoever has the hot hand. This is where. This is where you ride the hot hand. Yep. Let's just say Tuka's out indefinitely. And I know we got to move things along here so people can get back to their Saturdays. And I enjoy the thousands and millions across the globe that are joining us. And but, millions! <laughs> but here, here's where you, we've talked we've talked about riding the hot hand. You know, say Tuka gets a shutout. Why wouldn't you play him the second game? Well, they, they always still go back to that strategy of every other game because Halak can do it and Tuka needs it. If I can get 42 games, great Tuka Rask, top three goalie i'm gonna do it but if i have to play tuka 60 games and now he's on the he's 15 20 15th you know goalie rankings i don't think that's gonna be beneficial for my team so that was cassidy's strategy here's where you ride the hot hand let's say vladar goes up i don't know if he's starting today they're playing uh, think, the sabers uh, so i think I, you could shut them out george but um <laughs> i know i could uh for one and i and i just looked i think it's a lock um it's yeah. a lock yeah okay and then they play the Devils on tomorrow. So what are you going to do? Uh, now, is Tuca out indefinitely? 
we don't know. Is it day to day? Okay. So now Halak's starting against the worst team in the NHL. The worst. They have George. They broke a record. They lost 15 games in a row. And you're going to put Halak in net. Understand. Let's get that victory. We need that victory. We need the 17th win to continue to remain in fourth place, which is a playoff spot. Go back to my hot hand theory. Let's say Vladar shuts out the Devils. We beat the Devils, who we've actually struggled against. We, meaning the Bruins. Let's say you start Vladar again against, I think they got the Islanders after this. Plays well, we beat them. You you keep Vladar in net as long as you can. Yeah. That's when you ride the hot hand. Because it's a it's a rookie goaltender, and goaltenders are crazy. It's a confidence thing. If he's if he's hot, you keep him in net until he has that one game where he just lets up five goals, and then you can say, "Hey, kid, we we played you five games in a row. Yeah, you're yeah. exhausted. We're yep. gonna let we're gonna go back to Halak, and then we'll we'll evaluate you in practice and, and see. But you did phenomenal. That's yeah. what you don't do that to a guy like Tuukka Rask, who's got 12, 13 years in the league because he already knows the dog and pony show. So that's when you ride the hot hand. Am I really nervous due to the injuries the Bruins have? Yeah. Am I going to be upset if they barely make the playoffs? Uh, no, because if they still have those injuries and made the playoffs with a backup goaltender leading the helm, then yeah, I think they did a great job. Cassidy's a great coach. We, he's been Jack Adams award winner and finalist multiple years. So injuries, you can kind of take a breath Boston and say, okay, it was injuries. Get it. Uh, why didn't we move Jake DeBrusque? Well, because he sucks. Nobody wants, you know, a, uh, a, a moldy sandwich. I can got we it. Get, get, can we give, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Fat Richie, some more uh, donuts so his big <laughs> ass can, can Listen, block some he, more of the net? If he scores a power play goal, you know, that power play <laughs> goal is brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Everybody gets a free donut if, if fat bitch Richie scores. It goes on, bounces off his ass. You get two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ripple effect. I mean, every time that guy hits the ice, those little particles of ice are just warning each other, like, "Holy <laughs> shit, he's back!" <laughs> and I feel bad. Who's, I gotta give kudos to the who, ice crew too. They just fill those cracks every time Richie who, carves up the ice. Who's heavier, Richie or the walrus in that Geico commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually his twin brother. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, I, listen, I this this it's team's got to – I mean, it's, it's, it's injuries. they got a lot of catching up to do. They're going to have a um, – they're going to have a torrid schedule at the end of this uh, – at the end of the season to make up games that they've missed. Uh, but like you said, you've got Buffalo in about uh, 45, uh, 40, 45 minutes from now, and then New Jersey tomorrow at 5.30, and then New Jersey again on Tuesday. So we shall see. I'm with you, Matt. It's um, I like to see what this team could do fully healthy. But what I'm worried about is they're more their effort than anything, you know. And and I'm just nervous about their effort um, on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sorry. I thought I hit the button, but no, that's all right. I, I was gonna say um. <laughs> my thought process on it is, and the reason why I'm a little nervous is you can get all the talent in the world, but if they don't want to play up to the capabilities or play in the system that it's designed to be played, you know, in, 
then you know, what's what's tell? I mean, uh, Herb Brooks said it best. You know, the name on the the back of the jersey. I mean, the name on the front of the jersey with a hell of a lot more than the name on the back. The front, and that's right. the thing, you know. And, and so I, 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 I'm just wondering what um, what some guys, you know, I don't say motivation is, but what their desire to actually play winning hockey is going to be like. Um, I think the attitude and the effort is there. I think a lot of guys are frustrated, especially that second. You're kind of your second tier guys uh, with your coils. Your, uh, you know, David Krejci uh, is, is frustrated. But if we get into the playoffs, you know, bet the bet bet the house that he's playoff yeah, Krejci is going to come. Yeah. And he still does things that, you know what? I don't think another player could could do. He sees the ice. I think better than anybody on this team the way he creates space, the way he creates passes, the way he creates plays, he makes guys better around him. However, he just hasn't had a consistent line mate, but you're right. I mean, I don't know the percentage of the girls of the goals being scored for the Bruins, but I know that most of the goals and the points are coming from pasta Bergeron and Marshawn. That's your top line. People say, well, yeah, it's your first scoring line, Maddie. Yeah, that should that's the way it goes. Okay. But if I told you it was 93% of the points are coming from three players, then I'm worried. Because I thought Coyle would have a better year. I thought Krejci should be having a better year. Uh Richie, you know, started off hot and it, you know, they only put him in front of the net on power play. So how many power play goals does he have? He's he was playing well. Now he's like minus six. Uh slow foot, can't play in overtime. I uh, do it a three on three. So I've never just, I've never been a fan of Richie. So that's just me being biased. Uh, see, I can be honest, but the <laughs> other thing that is lacking are players like the, the coil, not stepping up, putting some points on the board. Uh, yeah. Injuries suck with, when you had Lausanne out, Andre Kasha, uh, Kasha, whatever. Yep. Uh, we don't know with him. He played two games and he got hurt. Uh, so it'll be funny to see, but you lose Marshawn, you lose Bergeron, you lose Pasta, any one of those three. Don't bet the house that they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You, yeah. you thought losing our defenseman was bad and our starting goaltender. Now we lose one of those guys. Who's going to put, who's going to put the puck in the net. And I know that Bjork and Kempfer scored last game. Well, it's about damn time that other people put the puck in the net because other than that, it's only pasta. It's only Marshawn and Bergeron's getting the assist. So it's, it irritates me that your two, three, four aren't putting some sort of production on the stat sheet. Yes. Are they putting like Frederick? If this was normal times, how many Frederick jerseys would be sold right now? Oh yeah. They Boston loves Boston loves their cold beer and they love a good ass kicking and whether you give it or take it, they respect it. Yep. And so yep. many friends and the kid's great at chirping. I mean, let's just oh, be his, honest. His chirps are fantastic. And I love that the NHL puts the mics on players. Sometimes it's good for them. Sometimes <laughs> it's bad. However, yep. it ended up bad for our friend that wears the black and white stripes, but he would be a fan favorite right now. Would you like to see a little more production out of Frederick? Yeah, but I'm going to give him a pass because it's his first full rookie season. Uh, yeah, but but am I going to give a pass to DeBrusque? No. no. Am I going to no, give a it... pass to Bjork? If he wasn't producing, I'd be upset. But Bjork is starting to play better. He's having one of his best years. So this is what I expected out of Andres Bjork. 
This yeah. is what I expect out of Frederick. I really didn't expect anything. Kid's name is Frederick. He's from Wisconsin. Who the hell knew that he was going to just be chirping everybody in the National Hockey League, any goon on the team, any stud on the team, and not care? Well, he's a first-round pick, so he's going to either, you know, in my right, opinion. I, did you think a first-rounder would just go right oh, up to Wilson no. from the, the Capitals and say, hey, pal, I'm not done with you yet? You no. Know? And then get his ass kicked? No. No. He's wearing number 11, which PJ Axelson wore. So he's, <laughs> he's already making a better name for that jersey. <laughs> Listen, I'm with you. But, I, I mean, yes, it would be nice to see this Bruins team um, get their players back. But like you said, ultimately it goes to one thing, consistency up and down the line. You can't have your first team, uh, your first line be, uh, you know, be, you know, the only effective line and, and have, you know, nobody be able to score. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with this team, but, you know, hopefully again, in about a half hour, you know, we'll be able to watch a little bit and see if they can improve, um, you know, with some of the guys coming back and, and again, maybe with Carlo and Tenorti coming back on the, on the defensive end, that'll shore up some things Tenorti will and help. that'll, and that'll turn, that'll turn the, the, the defense, the, the losses that you lost four to three, three to two uh, overtime OT, losses. How many like overtime that. losses do they have? Bro? That's, what, that's what I mean. Like, so maybe some of those, maybe guys like Tenorti and Carlo and whatnot coming back will help shore up the defense and will turn those losses to wins, which is what you were doing in the beginning of the season when you had a fully healthy defense. So there is a correlation there, but again, you still need secondary scoring. You can't be as inept as they are uh, from lines two through four. So I'm with you. Um, And again, I, I think you do have to ride the hot hand uh, with your goaltender. If it ends up being, if it happens, I don't want it to happen. I don't want to roll that. But but... even, even if it is, you know what, even if it's uh, uh, even if it's a lock, ride a lock. Halak can oh. take it. He's a, he's a professional. I mean, he's a pros pro. Ride Halak if he has to. You know what I mean? I didn't mean, mean and, to and... badmouth Halak. No, 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 that, no, that no. Way, I but... know, but I, no, no, you didn't badmouth him. I'm just saying if, if it has to be Halak, ride Halak. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Meets himself. Um, but, you know, again, we'll see. Well, uh, puck drops one o'clock, half an hour from now, uh, as well as uh, tomorrow, 530. Uh, but tonight, or today, actually, uh, is your NCAA Sweet 16. Uh, and if you've been following along, this this NCAA tournament has been full-on, you know, banana land, full-on lunacyville. Um, so today's games, you got Oregon State versus uh, Loyola uh, at 240, Villanova Baylor at 515, Oral Roberts, the team of the uh, uh, of the decade right now. Unbelievable name. Taking over uh, Arkansas uh, at 730, 725. Syracuse uh, versus Houston today. And then tomorrow's games at 210, Creighton-Gonzaga. Uh, Florida State-Michigan at 5. UCLA-Alabama. And then Oregon-USC uh, at 945. So this is how <sighs> banana land it is. When you have Alabama that's a two seed and you say – Wow, that's crazy, man. You know, Nick Saban's got to step up his game. Oh, no, 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 no. A two seed in basketball. Yeah. And right. then you have USC is a six seed. Yeah. You know something's happening with the world. Because and Oregon, too. Is another and team or- that's usually... Oh, Oregon, right. Florida Michigan's State. always been up well, there. Florida State. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd love to see Syracuse back in the mix, but they've always kind of been a, you know, a little bit of a football basketball team. Right. Houston, okay. Gonzaga, basketball. UCLA. Good but the them. thing you don't the thing you don't see in any of these brackets, UNC, Duke, UConn, 
you know, yep. uh, F A, you know, F A U, um, yep. you know, Florida uh, in general, the Gators. So a lot of teams have backed out. A lot of teams, you know, from COVID couldn't, you know, couldn't, that's, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. I, you know what? I hope Oral Roberts wins today. A, because of their name, the best 15th seed name ever. I don't care. What was the other one? Not, not Vanderbilt, but it was uh, the, the 11th seed team that actually went to the finals. Was there was it, George uh, Mason. That was one year. Yep. Then it was uh, team began with a Butler. B. Oh, Villanova. No, no. It was one of those. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. With that coach. Uh, yeah. Duh. Uh, they went all the way, bro. Yes, yes. Because uh, I see the video of him taking a charge when, like, a uh, suit, you know, in a suit and tie, he takes the right. charge of practice. And the crowd gets all hyped. Ah, oh, damn. What's his name? Smart was his first name Smart or his last name Smart? Um, I mean, we're not near. I'm that I'm almost positive it is. I'm almost positive it is. Um, I, I, I'm I'm trying to find it. I know who it is, but yes, yeah, so it is. It is. It is interesting. I agree. It doesn't or, matter. None of those names. Just yeah. the name alone is just provocative, and I love it. You know what I mean? And. It's they don't when those kids go to school, they don't say, oh, I go to the OR. They go, I go to oral. Yep. Read it and weep. And it's great. VCU. And it was VCU. Shaka, and it was Shaka Smart. Yep. Shaka Smart. Okay. Shaka Smart. Yep. Yep. So, VCU. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. It, I, I, I'm with you. I want I want Oral Roberts to win. Um, how do you feel about Sister Jean with uh, Loyola? Uh, another name. A hundred and one year old lady, Sister Jean, loves this team. She was. This is like the second one she was in. Like, wasn't she there uh, a couple years ago, two or three years ago, when they yeah. got to like the final four? Four hours. Oh, that's something oh, the like that. Eight. She was the good luck charm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So um. You know, we'll see. Again, great. Another great uh, gambling. Uh, weekend. If you're uh, into that sort of thing, you know, if you like F2, to gamble, lose money, and drink. A few legislatures on Boston, uh, you know, because y'all can kiss my ass. Um, I know uh, we're running a little long, so we're going to wrap it up with a couple things. So this guy could have and I'm going to I'm going to we're going to go over this guy quickly. But this guy could have gotten our jackass of the week. Unfortunately, there was somebody even more jackassery uh, wise that uh, that got that. But this guy, hot Mike, uh, Tim Peel, referee Tim Peel. Uh, was working a game between the Predators and the Red Wings. And he was caught saying that uh, he wanted to give a penalty. So uh, here it is within, with 1420, uh, sorry, 1242 remaining in the second period, uh, the Nashville broadcast, because again, if you don't know with the pandemic, they're taking the home feed. And then that is what is broadcast for both the home and the away announcers to broadcast from. So the uh, Nashville broadcast captured audio from Peel saying, uh, quote, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early, end quote. And then there is where the mic cut off. Um, So he's not going to do any more. He's not he's not going to do any more games. Um, And the thing is, respectfully, he was going to be retiring anyway this year. So it makes me wonder if he's just going to want to, you know, if they're going to give him his pension, you know, 
on administrative oh, yeah, yeah, leave, they will. pay, you know, whatever. And they just, hey, you're not coming back. I mean, hey, he messed up. He, yeah. he messed up. They're going to get right. him all his severance and all that stuff. I mean, yes. Yeah. Was he fired? Yes. Was Does it disrupt the integrity? Yeah. Um, is he the first referee to ever do this? No. No. Was he the first referee to be caught on a hot mic? Yeah. Uh, that That's just how the refs, they do that. They, they want to <laughs> control the kind of control the game, control the pace. They wanted to call a penalty. I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? But, you know, go back to maybe, I don't know if you were really picking on him, George, but go back to like some referees talking with Jordan and Jordan really kind of controlling the conversation. And it's like, all right, I'll look for it next time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I should have called that one. You know what? A ref doesn't owe you anything. A ref sees what he sees. And if he doesn't see it, there's been plenty, plenty of refs saying, well, if I would have, if I saw it, I would have called it. Yeah. You know, that's a great response. He, I don't, and it's funny, all these coaches around the league, even Butch Cassidy was like, you know, I've dealt with him on numerous occasions, have had arguments. And sometimes I go over the top where I have my assistant coaches and players. Some of my veterans say, Hey, Butch, calm down. Yep. Uh, but with Tim, I've had good conversations. You know, I think he was retiring at the end of this year anyway. Uh, so we kind of, but he's like, but you can't do that during the game. And Maybe it's from a coaching perspective. It's like about time somebody got caught doing this. Maybe yeah, it's that. Yeah. Um, but do you think Tim really cares if he was retiring anyway? No, I mean, I well. Did, yeah. I, did you know his name even before like this no, all happened? No, I, I mean, didn't. I didn't necessarily know his and name. And I think so that makes Colin Campbell good. is also uh, the father of. Um, yeah, it's of, of Campbell from the former Bruins. From the Bruins. Yeah. 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 Gregory. Gregory Campbell. Yes. Yeah. So uh, for me, I didn't know his name, which is a good thing, right? You know, I mean, you don't want to. I mean, we've all talked about it, nauseum of, uh, you know, uh, cowboy, uh, cowboy, um, what's it, cowboy Bob uh, for the the um, the umpire for the Major League Baseball, or or, or Andrew, and, uh, Angel Hernandez. You know, you know his yeah. name. Why? Because he's an a hole. Because he's a prick, and he makes it all about him. Because he thinks he's the star, not these players. That right. guy also sued the league. Right. No, 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 but, no. But, but, but I'm just talking about uh, shitty officials you know the name of because they suck at their job. I didn't know Tim Peel. Fine, whatever. My question and my deep dive into this is this. I want to read his quote again because I want to make sure you hear it. So it says, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get an effing penalty against Nashville early. Well, did somebody have the over or under? Did somebody have money yeah, on see the that, game? I mean, it, it, again, it, it affects that, the integrity that of the game. And it's, yes. Now, I understand there are makeup so the calls. The was forced to yep. do something. Yeah, I understand there are makeup calls. I understand that sometimes, you know, you can call a, a penalty that wasn't a penalty and be like, listen, I saw it that way. Sorry. You know, um, and maybe you go in and, have, you know, in the intermission, you review that play and you come out and tell the guy, hey, you know, yeah, you know, you go over to scare little like Bergeron and go, hey, you know what? You're right. On that play, I missed it. I'm sorry, you know, and, and that happens. And and I I'd appreciate that as a, as a player that a, that a, a referee is that honest and open yep. about that and say, hey, he missed it. But guess what? The next time Bergeron gets a stick near his wrists, it's getting a hooking call automatically. So that's your makeup call. And unfortunately, and sort of fortunately. That's at least what happens. Now, the 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 coach of the team that uh, the player got, you know, the hooking call for is apoplectic. He's pissed off because he's like, why are you calling that? That's absolute garbage. Even though he's not connecting the dots at the play that happened in the first period that gave them the advantage, 
is, you know, why this being call is being made. Should that happen? Maybe, maybe not. Does it happen? Yes. He just got caught on a hot mic saying it. But my implication was, hey, I just wanted to get them an extra, you know, a penalty. F and penalty, yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder what else is involved there and if there's a deeper dive. Now, I'm not – he could be a really straight-up honest guy, and, you know, the way he phrased it might have been bad. Not just the fact that he said it, but the way he phrased the the comment of – you know, I just wanted to get him an effing penalty. Like he was trying to either even things out or change the integrity of the game. That's maybe a little, maybe he said it wrong, but still, whatever. I mean, sucks. It sucks. Um, I'm hoping that if they, inve- if they, you know, did an investigation on him, that they find that he's clean and that there's no gambling conspiracy like they had. Because then or, it ruins you know, the integrity right. of the league, exactly. let alone yeah. all the referees. Yeah, I mean, going on. I, I, I'm still. It's still- happened before. It's still it's funny. Happened before. Yeah, I mean, it's still funny that Tim Donaghy is the only one that uh, that got uh, in trouble, um, you know, with the uh, with the NBA when there's two of his co-conspirators are still refing in the NBA. People that he's he sent messages to right around the same time, like within order of when he sent messages to his bookie. So. Well, the guy, I say bookie loosely, but the guy he can, you know, connected that with. So that's a little suspect on that. But, um, but either way, um, it sucks. It's funny, you know, I mean, whatever, especially anytime you can get, uh, you know, I say offensive language, but anytime you can get that sort of language on live TV, I always get a chuckle out of it because, you know, I hate the FCC. You know, it's like, listen, language is language. You know, I mean, it's, it's how you use the word is, you know, what, what makes it empowered or whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, so it sucks. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing George Carlin. George Carlin had it best. Um, and uh, so I'm paraphrasing that, but that's, uh, that is that. So Tim Peel fired, you're fired, uh, from the NFL, uh, from the NHL, you're, you're fired, uh, from the NHL as a referee. Um, he will not call games ever anymore, but let us get to our jackass of the week. And Matt uh, is going to get this. Wow. Just real handsome. Some bitch. Let me tell you right now. Look at this. Look at <laughs> great this graphic. Look great at, graphic. Look if at, you don't know who this guy is, he is now the former Duxbury football coach. And he is our jackass of the week. For what's this. it? Dave Myron. Yeah, Dave Merriman. So Merriman. what this guy, Merriman, doesn't matter. Could be big boy, could be little boy. Uh, we'll nail that down later. So this is what, this is the, the headline. Duxbury High School fired football coach Dave Merriman Wednesday and canceled the team's next scheduled game as a result of players using anti-Semitic language on the field earlier this month. Players are accused of using highly offensive terms during a game during, against uh, Plymouth North. So those highly offensive terms, what were they? Does anybody know? Oh, I know. It was an audible that they were calling, an audible play call. Omaha, Omaha. That's the famous one that Peyton Manning used. You know what the, this team used under this head coach? Auschwitz, gas chamber. What the hell is wrong with you? A, I don't care what year it is. You don't need to read the room, George, that you can't you shouldn't even have been able to say that 1950 or the 1980s or 2000. You don't say it. You come up with another audible term. I remember when in youth league basketball, when Red Dog hit the market as beer, the coach used Red Dog 
that was our full court press call. Red Dog, Red Dog. Clean. I mean, I knew Red Dog was a beer. I know I couldn't <laughs> have one. But it was it was fine, right? Yeah, Red Dogs are. Yeah. Now, could you probably use that today? Who the hell knows? It's 2021. Would I be shocked if a coach got fined for telling his players, uh, okay, our full court press is Red Dog. I understand it's an alcoholic beverage. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, I so, would be surprised. So did little, so did little Maddie go reach into the cooler, grab uh, a Gatorade and a red dog for the coach? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. After the won, game, yeah. everybody Gatorade and orange slices. Give me a med dog. Give me a red dog in there, Maddie. Me a red, and a red dog for, for, for coach Romano. Um, yeah, but, but this is, they were using audibles and calling and yelling out quarterback would be calling out gas chamber, gas chamber, Auschwitz, Auschwitz, which Auschwitz was a concentration camp. Excuse me concentration concentration camp in world war ii yeah. it's a place it was a prison i think i don't need to go on anymore gas chamber i think people know what that is now there was the other argument being made that students didn't know what what auschwitz was or is where it was what, what it came from i'll give them that because not every student retains all it's so many you know so much information i didn't know all there was, I guess there was well over, there was in the thousands of these concentration camps. I couldn't name all of them. This I could was, probably only name three of them. This was probably the most famous one. This was the f- most famous one. So by the way, it was a fucking tracing tra- concentration camp. I know. What do Germany? And this guy is allowing this to go on and calling a play call. This has nothing to do with 2021 people. This has nothing to do with that. This is nothing. This, you know, why this made headlines. No. If this happened in, like I said, 1980, would it be get this much press that quick? Probably not, but you don't say it. You, it's highly – in the other players on the other team, Plymouth North High School, were, it's highly offensive. Now, I, I, I don't know if, if Duxbury or Plymouth North had uh, Jewish players on the team. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or not. You know who it offends. You should stick up for your teammate. You should stick, you know, it's just, it's horrible. And this guy had a record of like 134, whatever. I mean, he had a, in the 800% winning percentile, Duxbury is known for their hockey across football, of course, is their three main sports. They just have talented athletes. And and this guy's probably a good coach. The fact that you picked this picture up and he's wearing one of those Russian hats says a lot about this character. (laughs) Now I'm just purely judging, but he just allowed this to go on. And I've never met the guy. He could, he could be on, could be a nice guy and just didn't think anything of it. Um, It's the same thing with what's his face in the NBA saying an offensive term relating to Jewish people probably didn't mean anything of it. Um, the basketball player, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, that's center. Um, he was yes. he was definitely a contender for our jackass of the week. Yep. But yep. and Edelman came out with a post and said, "You probably didn't mean to use it to be offensive. I totally understand that. But if you like, I'm open to host. You know, coming down in my neighborhood and hosting you out with dinner with my Jewish friends. Pretty much, I think Edelman. That was a good post by Edelman. Oh, Edelman, I love. I love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, I mean, we've all said things that we don't mean. But this is different. So this is, yeah, because this is naming a play that you know your kids are going to say on the field. You know, it's almost you know, it's it's almost it's almost. Uh, and you don't. I don't blame the subconsciously 
subconsciously um, generating hate, if that makes sense, right? Because you're not consciously doing it in that sense. But if a kid knows what Auschwitz is, or I've also heard that they said rabbi and dreidel were some of it as well. So if you're teaching your kid to say Auschwitz and, you know, and that's what it, he's A, not learning what it is for one. And then two, the other part of it is, is it's just, it's, it's ignorant. You know, like you said, it's, 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 it's really ignorant. Um, And it doesn't matter. Let's just say the, you know, the quarterback or the captain of the football team was Jewish and he came up with these terms. Uh, you know what though, as a head coach, you're like, I understand why you came up with those terms. I get it, but we're not saying that right. we're not doing that. You know, uh, I mean, it, it, it would, I, I don't know. It, it, it's awful. It's disgusting. And it ruins a reputation of a, of a coach that probably just lost control of the locker room in that, in that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, congratulations there, Dave. You're our jackass of the week. Yeah, I, I again, I, you, you said, you know, uh, you know, something. You again, said I that, don't know this guy. He's probably a good dude. Right, I don't right, know. I, yeah, or, or he's I, an asshole coach. I, yeah, it, you can go I, both ways. Exactly. I have no, I have no frame of reference other than he's definitely, like you said, he's got that, you know, eight hundred and something winning percentage. You know, one of the better coaches in the MIAA from a football standpoint. Oh yeah. Um, you know, again, a winning program. You know, in Duxbury. Um, and, and again, it could have been, I don't say he's misspoke or whatnot, but just kind of put it down. But here's the problem I have, right? I'm 99.9% sure he knows the meaning of that and he knows what that is. Right. So shame on him. But the flip side is, in my opinion, you said something that really kind of struck me and, and got my, you know, hamster wheel turning is you were saying something along the lines of, um, well, the kids may not know. Well, who's they, they? So, from my standpoint, first of all, there's enough. There's enough movies out there, especially in the last few years, that have been on World War Two, right? Uh, more, more so than World War One or Vietnam or whatnot. There was an era where it was like, you know, Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now, you know, things like that that were more Vietnam era. Now it seems to be trending more towards the World War Two era, right? Yep. Which is fine. Which is great. And TV I, I mean, shows it, like and Band TV of shows. Brothers. Yep. Yep. So all of that there, right? You mean to tell me that these kids don't know what Auschwitz is? And furthermore, she, and this goes across the board, not just here in Massachusetts, but even more so in Massachusetts and any other state in this, uh, in this great country of ours. The fact that we don't teach these kids about World War II history is mind-boggling. And I'll equate it to this. When you grow up in an elementary school, right, every single time they start you off in – well, this is what happened with, uh, you know, the dinosaurs. And then we skip a whole time period to all of a sudden, you know, boom, we're in like England in like the 12th century. Right. We don't like nobody really comes to crusades unless you go to like a Catholic school because there's the, the, the Catholic implications of that. But generally speaking, it's like, all right, so they were dinosaurs and shit. And then now uh, King George, the queen, the, the, the king of England. T-Rex was the balls. Yeah, T-Rex anyway, was the fast balls. fast forward to William yeah. Wallace. Right, T-Rex was the balls, and then T went into the uh, the Boston Harbor. That's how you connect it all. There's literally nothing in between. But it, what my point is, is every time in the very beginning of all of our history, 
Oh, well, George Washington, he crosses the Potomac, he crosses the Delaware, he crosses the... It's like, he's crossing the same effing river. It's not like he comes up here to, like, the Merrimack Valley and crosses the Merrimack to beat oh, up the British. To boat, kick the, his boat yeah. would have disintegrated yeah, if he went to, to the Merrimack Yeah, just Valley. to kick the shit out of the British. You know what I mean? Like, no, he wasn't doing that. He crosses the same river every time, right? The Revolutionary War ends the same date every year. We cover that at nauseum. Now... Do I think a kid in the fourth or fifth grade should learn really, really, really what World War II involved, the horrors that were World War II, not just collectively across the 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 U.S. like with Pearl Harbor, but also the, the what happened with Japan, you know, and and Hiroshima and all of that. What in Nagasaki? What happened in Germany and Poland and the uh, concentration camps, you know, and the bombings in Europe? No, that would that would that would be a a, a friggin' tragedy. That these kids don't need to, and, and maybe don't understand the depths of it, but the, how we don't still teach that and actually teach it, not just sit there and say, so yeah, we had a World War One, you know, and then uh, we skipped a few years and then we decided we we're going to kick some more countries ass. So we had World War Two, and then, you know, we had this thing in Korea and then, you know, a little conflict in Vietnam that wasn't really a war, but they call it a war because LBJ threw his dick on the table and said, this is why we're here. Um, and then we had, you know, uh, um, you know, the Iraqi conflict, you know, we went in with Storm and Norman and then, uh, you know, Patriot missiles. And, you know, that is that how we're teaching history nowadays. So, yes, shame on this guy. But more importantly, though, is is the fact that when he put that on there, that a kid didn't say, hey, coach, coach, we, this is not right because they knew what it was. You know what I mean? Do I'm not, I'm not taking any blame off the kid. This Dave Merriman, no, you are the jackass probably, of the week. Yeah. But, but the fact that we're not even, not even teaching this and it's in, and it's more along the lines of, if you understand it, then you the chances of repeating it are less. Right. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we learning about this stuff? Why aren't we and it's learning not like about Duxbury is, uh, you know, a low income, yeah. you know, the struggling city or town. Right. Duxbury right. is like ranked in the top 10 every year for their education. Well, guess what? Yeah, they're looking pretty shitty right now. Yeah. So and as far as if a kid knew what it was, some kids, I don't want to say don't have the balls. I, I think that's wrong. This coach, some coaches come off. George is very intimidating. And that's some, fair. And to approach a coach. So I'm not, again, I know you're not putting any blame, but yeah, you're right. Somebody should have said something. I wouldn't put it so much on the kid. What about the offensive coordinator? Right. What about the, yeah, what about the, the defensive the coordinator? Staff? Yeah. You know, I, and again, I don't know. So this, and then the other thing is, so this guy is in the special education uh, department and he has also, um, so to speak, helped kids that were less fortunate and got them on the right path. So, uh, like I said, I don't know this guy personally. I don't know if he's a true, a, a true asshole or a true saint. However, this has ruined his reputation, which on paper yep. was phenomenal. Um, yep. So, yes, yep. you're right. Uh, why didn't anybody say something? I don't really I wouldn't even put it on the captain to say something. I, I if I'm involved with that school, it, what if I'm the assistant principal and well, I'm it, like the linebackers coach just because I like to have fun and I love football. If I know that, 
why aren't you saying something? Right. I mean, it's, even even the even the secretary that's printing these things, because you know, you know, he's not going and printing all this shit out. He's having somebody else right. do it. And the only reason I know is my mother worked in the in a school system for years, so I right. understand the and 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 the workings of how a school system works. He handed it off to his secretary, so like a PDF said, "Here, print these." And you mean to tell me that if he did and he printed them off and he didn't put it on the top sheet or a top mm. thing, that means he was sort of hiding it. So again, I don't know him. I hope he sounds like he's a good guy. With you know, again, working with, with yeah, with know, his special with, education with special and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. that. Seems like he's a great guy. You made a mistake. Unfortunately, you're gonna pay for it, and you're also our jackass of the week. So you know, uh, sucks. Hopefully, he recovers from this from a um, a personal standpoint of who he is as a human being, and you know, maybe he gets hired as a, a coach for for someplace else down the road. You know, uh, after all this sort of blows over. At, um, a, at but, a Jewish high school, they make yeah, them, uh, yeah, right. Turn I'd the like program this, around there. You know, I'd like to see Edelman reach out to him too, especially where it's a Massachusetts thing. I think, I think that would be a really good and and but again, that's not like just dropping it like the basketball player right, did, right? With yeah. that anti-Semitic racist term, right? But I mean, you know, saying the K word. This yeah. coach had it like you said. Printed on print on paper, on playbook. Yeah, yeah. And you had a kid screaming Auschwitz on the football field, yeah, along yeah. with gas chamber. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> it's just like, no. It's a different. If I'm look. a linebacker on it's the a- other team and I'm getting ready like this, and I hear Auschwitz, and I'm like, <laughs> Co- coach, <laughs> yeah, coach. Like I'm like I'm yeah. standing straight up, and I'm like, coach, uh, uh-huh. did you just hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, no, and the I'll other coach you. is like, what do you say? The N-word? No. No, no. Probably no. just as worse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, but that's our show for the day. An extra long, extra almost two hour show. I kind of like that. Always, um, always goes with you and I, George. It, it does. We do, you know, because uh, we go on these rants and they're all perfect as he mutes himself. I will give one quick thing uh, as to the Red Sox. Nice team. You got there, uh, uh, John Henry. Eddie Rodriguez, dead arm shoulder injury, scratch for opening day. My guess is he's going to be out for a little while, at least for a couple of weeks. So nice, nice, nice little team you got there, uh, Johnny boy. Nice little team you got there. You might as well put me out there to start for the opening day. I'll be more effective than anybody you have on your friggin' roster. Still got to pay uh, for your ticket, though, George. Yeah, yeah, no shit. He'd make me pay for my ticket and beers, even though I'd be pitching open day. A cheap prick. Uh, but that's it. That's our show. Uh, for Sean Fahadian, who couldn't make it. Rich Mays couldn't make it. Matt O'Brien, thanks for jumping on with me. Appreciate you. I am GJ Mitchell. Make sure you stay tuned to all our episodes. Follow us on the Armchair Sports Guys on Facebook, at the Armchair Sports Guys on Instagram, Armchair underscore Guys on Twitter. Also, the Armchair Sports Guys on Tick and talk uh and send us an email you want to be a part of the show the armchair sports guys at gmail.com we get you on for a jackass of the week maybe a little hot take court maybe you want to come on and debate a topic with us you let us know send us an email uh so again on behalf of sean and rich for matt i'm gj signing off saying enjoy your weekend fucking like 70 degrees out people get out there and do something right enjoy have yourselves a good one and we will see you on wednesday bye-bye